Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to episode 200 of the Power Company podcast, brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. 200. I honestly never actually knew if this thing was going to get past episode 10 or 12 or something. You know, if you listen back to those first episodes, I'm constantly going, I don't know if this thing's going to continue or not. And at the time, I was doing them once a month. And that quickly grew to more and became an addiction. And there's no, no like group therapy I can go to for this thing. So I just keep making it. And uh, before we jump into this episode, I want to, I want to say thanks. Number one to Nate Drolet for uh, doing the the board meetings with me all these years and having great conversations and bringing his his uh personality his wit his always trying to have a bassier voice than me to this thing it means a ton to have a foil like that 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 i can play off of he can play off of me and we work really well together so thanks nate for all the board meetings i'm looking forward to more and more of them and Nate and I have been doing board meetings for the patrons lately, and we've kind of hit our stride there. And I want to say thanks to the patrons for making this thing possible. Um, like I said, it's an addiction, and I, I love having in-person conversations. Because of the patrons, I get to travel, have those face-to-face conversations with people I maybe otherwise never would have even met. And... For me, that's the big value in this whole thing is is getting to create these relationships, hear these stories, and bring them to you all. And that's that's largely due to the patronage we receive. Um, so we're trying to give the patrons more value. Nate and I have been doing board meetings, short board meetings for them, and I think those are turning out fantastic. So if you're interested in being a patron, you can do that at patreon.com slash power company podcast. You can also find the link right there in your show notes as usual. On with the episode, episode 200. Today I'm sitting here at power company headquarters in Lander, Wyoming with my good friends, Zach and Lana. You Zach is from 42 North Bouldering. You heard him on all of the home wall episodes, we created the Boulder Builder course together, and Zach is fresh off of his job. You're you're done, right? I'm done. Done with the job. Now on to... Yeah, a little surreal. On to more work for yourself, which is... Yeah, on to the next exciting. job. Yeah, it yeah. is exciting. So you guys will be hearing more about that. We talked to Zach a little, you know, about his journey... Um, in the, the home wall courses, and, and I want to have Zach on to talk about his journey with 42 North Bouldering as well. Um, and then Lana, many of you know, 
she ships out all of the things that you order. She answers the emails, and she's become an internet Instagram story sensation. No, that's not true. <laughs> she's certainly the most requested content on no. Instagram. Um, so many of you already know and love her, and they are putting me in the hot seat today. We're going to talk a little about about the podcast. I assume is that Mostly. correct? Yeah. I think that's the plan. Okay. Yeah. And I've I've sort of let Lana attach herself to the the uh structure of this thing. No, you didn't let me do the yearbook. <laughs> well, yeah, we we didn't do Lana's yearbook idea. My yearbook theme. I have to veto Lana's ideas often. They get, they get a little I they go down rabbit holes. Sometimes. And she vetoes my ideas often as well and we're we're basically like frenemies and each other's sparring partners every day so you're likely to hear some of that here but uh let's let's get into this thing i'm gonna let you guys take over okay well you we're here to talk about the podcast but i think it's kind of important to preface that with intrinsically it's a little bit impossible to separate talking about the podcast and talking about your perception of the podcast you're sort of tied together the podcast is your baby sure you can't talk about the podcast without talking about you it's all grown up now though yeah it's life of its own fair enough maybe teenager you know yeah at least a moody one but moody teenager moody teenager you talk about having early on and maybe still to this day having been addicted to it Mm -hmm. what motivates you to keep making it what do you love about it what's what's your driver there I mean, originally it was definitely just having the conversations like that. That's how it started. Um, the Enormacast and Training Beta were already doing their thing. And I appreciate them for kind of, you know, paving the way there. Um, but frankly, neither of them were asking the questions I wanted answered. So I had access to having these conversations. I had the equipment to do it. So I'm like, if I want these questions answered, I'm gonna have to ask them myself. And, and I get to have these conversations with people. So why not put them out into the world, you know? And, and I quickly found that having those in-depth topical conversations was the thing that made me want to keep doing it. Um, it didn't, honestly, it didn't really matter to me whether I put them out for people to listen to. I'm like, I just want to have these conversations, period, you know? And that was sort of evidenced by the middle years where I was just stacking up episodes. You know, there was there was a point in time where I probably had 60 episodes recorded that weren't out yet, um, just sitting on a hard drive because I loved it. And lucky for me, I had that when COVID hit, you know, and I'm I was able to keep putting those things out there, but... But it definitely shifted over time into me wanting to give the information to the audience. So I started exploring other topics. And, you know, if I thought the community um, that I'm, I'm a part of, I'm indebted to, if I thought they would benefit from something, I'll, I'll go have that conversation. So... So the thing that's kept me psyched about it has kind of shifted. I, I went from, I want to have these conversations for myself and it's incredibly selfish to, 
I want to be a, a, a mentorship voice for the community. Um, maybe not a direct mentor because I'm not, you know, directly interacting with all these people, but, but I'm able to aid in putting the ideas out there. Well, you've sort of hit on it, but is that kind of how you see the evolution of the podcast from the early days, the genesis of it at the beginning to its present state? For sure. Um, it was initially supposed to just be a training podcast, right? Like that's, that's what I, how I was making my living. We're just going to talk about training. We're going to get in the weeds, talk about training. But it didn't take long to realize that getting in the weeds isn't the place to be. I want to be out in the open and I want to talk about the things that matter more, the big bucket items, you know, the, the community, the, the dreaming big, the, you know, I want to talk about these things that everyone can relate to. And frankly, our climbing gets better from, you know, you can, you can become a, stronger climber if you do the best hangboard protocol for you but you become a better climber by engaging in all these other conversations and and that's the direction it started to go and then it just became more and more and more community oriented was that um in your mind was that a change that sort of like slowly occurred or was there this punctuated moment or something that marked that shift in, in the podcast and your thought process for it and what you wanted out of it and all those things? That's a good question. Um, it was gradual to a point, and I can, I can tell you what that point was where it really shifted into high gear. It was having the conversation with Shelma Jun about feminism in climbing. It was kind of a, it was a bubbling topic and I, I wanted to explore it a little. I wanted to learn more about it for myself, you know, um, because I'm trapped in my own white guy bubble in climbing, you know, it, it, it's how it happens. And I wanted to step out of that a little bit and learn from Shelma. And as a result of that interview, not only did Shelma and I become good friends, um, but it really put me, it really fast-tracked me toward let's have more of these types of conversations that that people are going to disagree with, people are going to get angry about. You know, it's that sort of discourse that I think helps growth tremendously, which is why I keep Lana around. <laughs> so, what? <laughs> what? So, so that really jump-started it, like... It was kind of mostly training-based up until that moment. In that moment, did you know that that was an important conversation for you? Or was it in retrospect when you were reflecting on it or putting you know, putting it out there? No, I knew it. I knew it going in. Um, I had... I don't often get nervous for these conversations. I can count on one hand the, the times I've been nervously preparing for a conversation. But Shelma made you nervous? Uh, she didn't She didn't make me nervous. I made me nervous about it because I had so much respect and admiration for what she was doing mm -hmm. and I didn't know much about it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, 
I didn't know how to talk intelligently about it other yeah. than to, to just be the curious observer. You it know? wasn't like you could have done your homework and come into it prepared the way you had with some maybe other more training related conversations mm, where you felt like, oh, yeah. I know a lot about this kind of, I'm going into it on a level playing field. Yeah. Talking about training and that kind of stuff. I was in my wheelhouse. Right. Like I'm comfortable here. I was stepping outside of my comfort zone and I could, I could tell that that's what was happening. So I knew there was a shift. I didn't know how the audience was going to, to take it. Like that made me a little nervous. Like, well, I'm going to talk about this polarizing thing. Some people are going to get upset. And then I just realized, well, if you're going to get upset at talking about this polarizing thing, that's all around us and is part of life, then that's your problem. Deal with it. You know? So, so I knew it was a shift. When you were getting ready to make that episode, when you were setting up the conversation, were you framing it in terms of doing it for yourself or were you excited to put that conversation in front of the community? I was excited to put it in front of the community, mostly the dudes. Yeah. Like, you know, make them a little uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and just, you know, force them to think a little bit about something that, that they never had to really think about. Um, force myself to do that as well. So, you know, whether right or wrong, I definitely center my audience in my conversations a lot of the time. Like I'm, I'm there to aid in the, the transfer of information to my audience, you know, um, that's how it, by the time I talked with Shelma, that's what it had become. It wasn't as selfish, sure. even though I still saw it that way. It was more of a, I just want to be this conduit. So when you have this conversation with Shelma, you know that it's sort of a shifting point in the podcast history, let's say. And from there, now you've had, I couldn't tell you offhand, but quite a few conversations that are nowhere near the realm of climbing training. They're much right. more in right. that realm of um, our, the climbing community and like the human struggle and the relationship between those things. Right. And you've had a few of those conversations now. Do you feel as the podcast has grown and you've become more established, you have a lot more listeners that you have some sort of responsibility to continue to have those, to put those conversations out into the public? Has your mindset shifted at all? Definitely. Um, I wouldn't say my mindset has shifted. I would say it's been augmented. Um, you know, I still want to talk about training. I'm still going to talk about training. But I also want to continue having the tough conversations um, sprinkled in there so that so that the people who come for the training talk and do their best to avoid those conversations in the rest of their life so that they're there for them to listen to. You know, I don't, I want people to understand that the being a strong climber doesn't mean as much as being a good climber. And, and I'm not just talking about in terms of how you move, how you climb. I'm talking about how you interact with the community and other climbers. And, and ultimately that carries over into 
the rest of your life. You know, um, I, I feel like my voice is something of an authority in the climbing world. So that's where I can speak. I have a, I'm not willing to say, here are these greater issues and I'm going to tackle those. But I can do that in the context of the climbing community. Like, let's, let's look at how this is affecting us as a community and then let's talk about that. You know, so, so I do feel like it's my responsibility to continue doing that. I don't think I can be a, a voice of mentorship without it. Does that make you feel not just more than responsibility? Does it put pressure on you? Do you ever feel like you put pressure on yourself? I definitely put pressure on myself. Um, like I know recently we had a conversation where someone had mentioned to you that they had been talking in some sort of a group setting and asking like, what are some resources that people look to in within the climbing community for like how they should be yeah. tackling some of these <clears throat> tough topics and someone brought up your podcast? Yeah. How does that make you feel? I'm glad that people are listening. Um, that knowing that people are listening doesn't put pressure on me. It's why I'm doing it. Um, I put pressure on myself to, to be a better podcast host, to be a better listener, to be a better conduit. Um, and uh, shout out my friend Betty. Uh, just this year I had a conversation, which isn't out on the podcast yet, um, but will be. I'm actually considering how to put that out. Um, she stopped me mid-podcast and was like, hey, here's what you're doing. You're, you're fucking up right now. You know, and just called you out. Called me out, right? Mid mid-podcast. And and it was beautiful. You know, I I didn't realize I was doing the thing she she noticed. Mm-hmm. Um so I appreciate having those people who give me that kind of feedback that allows me to better be able to wear my like podcaster hat, mm-hmm. you know, to be a better conduit. Um I put that pressure on myself though. I don't I don't feel it from external sources at all. Um and maybe I should more. I don't know. You know, maybe I should maybe I should allow more of that pressure in and it would change things in a way that I don't expect, but as of now, it's it's my thing. I think I'm doing it well. And I'm willing to change it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. right now, I'm feeling like we're at 200 episodes. I need to try some new things, you know? Um, so, but that's all from me, not from the community. You talk about being a conduit and at a certain point starting to mm-hmm. uh, consider your audience as you're putting this information out there. How do you define your audience or how do you think about like what your audience is is it people that let's say are more in you and i's peer group like white dudes in their you know upper 20s and above or is it are you considering your audience to be youth climbers and the community as it's evolving 
into you know yeah. a do much larger growing. community. Do kids listen to podcasts? Is that well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know, know. either. Um, I think, I think they, I think they do. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I mean, audio blogs. They listen to audio blogs. <laughs> they definitely shows. don't radio listen shows. to the radio. <laughs> I, I, don't, um, I don't know any kids. Um, yeah, I think they do. Basically, I widespread. I think my audience is pretty wide ranging. Um, I hear from enough people on different topics that I know people are listening for different reasons. Yeah, um, and I don't have any illusion that I'm going to make everyone happy with every episode. And I don't care to. It, you know, If I'm trying to pander to everyone, cater to everyone, then I'm not going to make anybody happy. It's going to be this watered-down bullshit podcast. That just wouldn't be you either. Wouldn't be me at all. <laughs> Catering to everyone is not <laughs> no. something you're trying to do. So what I do try and consider, I don't always achieve it, but I heard Tim Ferriss say something years ago in which he said he tries to hit a, a portion of his audience with each episode. And over the course of, say, six episodes, he kind of hits every, every kind of aspect of his audience. And that's sort of how I look at it. Like, I'm, I don't want to have a bunch of really tough, uncomfortable um, conversations that require a lot of energy to, to have and to listen to and to engage in, you know. I don't want to have a bunch of those in a row on the podcast. I'd rather have one or two of those mixed in with one or two more in the weeds training discussions, mixed in with, you know, the board meetings where Nate and I are drinking and <laughs> you know, say ridiculous shit. <laughs> um, so, so I try to mix those up enough that people don't get completely disinterested, uninterested. What's the right way Dis to say that? I don't know. Um, I want people to stick around, you know, for sure. So I do try to give people what they want, but I could be totally off base in that. I don't think so because it keeps growing. <laughs> Um, it is growing though, huh? It is growing. More listeners, more downloads. It, the kind of base level downloads. I'll often not release an episode for a couple of weeks just to see where the downloads get to. Like see what the, the like kind of basement floor level downloads are. Mm -hmm. and, and we average, you know, around a thousand downloads a day. Um, wow. In those periods. So there's lots of new people finding it. Um, I hear from people all the time that they just discovered it. And and that's, you know, that's exciting for me. So for the people that are just discovering your podcast and now they have to look through, well, soon Too to many. be 200 episodes, <laughs> 200 <laughs> episodes to choose from to that's what they want to they want to listen to in their hour-long car ride or whatever it is if if you if you have a handful of people coming to you of um with different you know interests to you're trying to pander to what direction do you send them if they're interested in the climbing training being in the weeds with that stuff or thinking about the climbing community 
or whatever it may be. What episode or episodes do you... Yeah, do you have episodes that stand out to you? In those genres? Yeah, it's like this one, this is the one I go to for climbing training. Yeah. Um, I definitely, you know, I'll send people to, let's say I have someone who's really interested in, let's talk training specifics. Let's get in the weeds a little bit, you know? Yeah. I'll... I'll send them to either uh, a Steve Bechtel episode because Steve is great on mic. You know, he's he's really relatable and and funny and entertaining. Um, I'll send them to the Steve Mache episode and Ava Lopez episode. Um, Ava's episode is still our our top downloaded episode of all time by a long shot, by a wide margin. Um, wow. Maybe because she doesn't do podcasts and I had to really talk her into it. You know, it took a lot of encouragement from myself and from Esther, who she was staying with, um, to get her to do it. Um, so she just didn't believe her English was good enough. So I just happened to have the exclusive, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm Oprah Winfrey in this situation. And, um, so I'll send them to those places. Um, partly because I want to get people out of the weeds. And I think Steve, um, Bechtel, Mesh, and Ava, all three are people that you can view as like understanding the terrain in the weeds, but they can easily pull you out of it as well. And and we can talk numbers, we can talk science, but then we can also apply it in the real world. Um, and I want to help people get there. What about um, community-related episodes, human struggle-related episodes? <laughs> yeah, like the training ones, those are the ones you would send Zach to. Now are the ones you'd send me to. Because I tend to focus or like think about those kind of things more than, you know, the numbers. Yeah, totally. There's <laughs> I stay away from the number. There's a couple of different ones. Um, I really loved the conversation I had with the the crew in Australia. You know, I sat down with a bunch of kind of famous Australian climbers in well, not kind of famous, fairly famous Australian climbers in Blackheath who are all friends and partners and um and they have this really tight community there and I got to sit down with a room of them you know some of them very kind of suspect of me like <laughs> what's this dude trying to do here you know and we had this really great engaging kind of rousing conversation um, so I would send them to a place like that uh, to that episode um, I would, if someone was just interested in talking about kind of community, I would send them to the Dan John episode because it's not, not a climber, mm -hmm. um, but he understands like immediately he just understood climbing and he understands community and that idea so well. I think it's fascinating to look at, you know, stand outside of climbing and look in and, it's hard for me to do that because I'm entrenched in it. But when I get to have conversations with people outside of it, 
then I'm really able to get that more kind of bird's eye perspective of the whole thing. Um, so I, I love having those kinds of conversations. And then there's, you know, the, the things that are kind of the issues that I've tried to tackle, tried to have uncomfortable conversations. Um, the Shelma episode, the Savannah Buick episode. Um, and then maybe one of my favorite episodes of all time in which I barely even talk um, is with is the Black Joy episodes with my friends Mario and Donnell. And that episode just kind of, it blew my mind when I was listening to the conversation. I knew I was in the middle of hearing something special. Um, and actually might be my my proudest moment as a podcaster in that I just kept my mouth shut, mm-hmm. you know, and let this conversation happen. That was so like community partnership, mentorship, beautiful oriented, you know? And you knew you, you knew that when it was happening, like I knew, you could tell yeah, for sure. Actually, at first I thought that episode's so interesting to me because at first I thought, Oh, this is off the rails. You know, I have, I have my <laughs> podcaster hat on and I'm like, where the fuck is this going? Like, this is it's not what we planned. Yeah, this this is not what I was expecting. And then I started kind of like uh, my friend Betty, who I talked about earlier, mm-hmm. we were at her house and mm-hmm. she was sitting on the floor listening to it. And I looked at her and was just like, I'm, you know, this isn't what I thought it was going to be, but it's something really special that not, not many people get to hear, Mm -hmm. you know, these, these two men just loving each other, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's just something I hadn't ever really experienced before. So I decided I need to let this go where it's going to go instead of trying to be the like, you know, yeah. the, the tour guide Directing here. It, yeah. Direction. Are there other episodes like, like that one you, you knew kind of what was happening while it was happening and like kind of could recognize that it was something really special and important. Are there episodes or can you think of an episode where you didn't see it while it was happening? And then in hindsight, <laughs> you're like, wow, actually I had no idea at that moment, but this is something. <laughs> yeah, actually. Um, there's one, that I almost didn't even put out because during the conversation, I was like, actually there are two that I almost didn't put out. Um, During the conversation of the first one, which was with Justin Shong, Nate was there and sitting in the same room with us talking and Justin was being a little bit combative, Mm -hmm. which is, which is his personality. And I expected that, you know, Mm And, and it was fun for me to be a little combative with somebody. No, it, you hate that. <laughs> <laughs> we never argue. <laughs> never. But it almost seemed like he didn't really care what the questions were. He was going to say what he wanted to say. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Nate and I walked out of there like, that was one of the strangest conversations <laughs> we've ever been a part of. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, I don't know, maybe a year later that I decided to listen back to it mm-hmm. that I thought, oh, th- a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this. And and I put it out, and a lot of people did. People loved it, you know. And 
and then the the conversation with Devin Dabney, um, we were kind of we've become really good friends and collaborators now. Mm-hmm. We we text or talk almost daily. Um, we've made music together, but at the time of the recording, it was like we were we barely knew each other. Like mm-hmm. we knew of each other. Mm-hmm he had heard my music and it had influenced him and I had heard his music and loved it. And, and we had seen each other at a couple of climbing comps and he was talking to me about, Oh, I want to make a podcast. You know, Mm -hmm. I I think this would be an interesting idea for a podcast. And I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to come to your hotel room tomorrow morning. We're going to discuss your podcast Mm -hmm. idea and that way I can hold you to it because I, I want your podcast to get into the world. You know, mm-hmm. I want your perspective out there. And I went and sat down in his hotel room. We're both tired after party the night before from the So Ill Showdown. And we just had a normal, like, we're just talking. We're just getting to know each other conversation. And at the time I thought, Oh, this this wasn't really. There's not a lot of great information in here. There's not, you yeah. know, nothing to give to people until he's like really getting his podcast together. Then I can put it out and say, mm-hmm. "Here's how this idea kind of germinated," you know. Mm-hmm. But then, um, Devin, you know, during the the most recent uprising of the Black Lives Matter movement and uh, shortly after the episode with Daniel Woods or about Daniel Woods, um, Devin had kind of come under fire a little bit on the internet for putting his perspective out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, you know what? I've got this conversation with Devin. I'm just going to, I'm going to put it out. Yeah. And when I listen back to it, the first question I ask him when we're kind of sound checking you know, I was like, you know, just talk a little bit. Tell me who you are yeah. and I'll I'll adjust levels here. And he's like, oh, I'm Devin Dabney. I'm a climber. And I just immediately said, do you ever refer to yourself as the black climber? Because he was one of the very few black climbers I knew at the time, mm-hmm. you know. And it started this whole conversation that became really relevant this past yeah. summer. Yeah. You know, Um so that one almost never made it out. It was just kind of a random conversation that didn't right. seem relevant to the climbing community at the time. And then I finally grew to the point of, and the you know the world grew yeah, to the point the of, now we're grew. ready for this conversation. Right. It fit into a context that just hadn't happened yet. Yep. Yep, totally. And then there are some that I've, I've had a, a cool conversation with, but then situations changed and that conversation never went out because it's no longer really relevant to that person. Right. You know, I've had conversations with both, um, Juliet hammer and Alex Johnson that Mm -hmm. didn't go out because shortly after, well, maybe not even shortly after, because I would hold on to conversations (laughs) forever, you know, I missed the moment of putting them out. That made the most sense. And, and those, both of them have moved into these bigger roles Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm glad they're there and I would love to follow up, have a new conversation about their current role because 
the old conversation about their yeah. kind of past role just doesn't really fit anymore. Yeah. You so, need an update. Yeah. Um, we've been talking a little bit about how the podcast has changed over time and as you've been making it, but maybe we can talk a little bit about how the podcast has changed you as you've been making it. And so I had, I was thinking about this and I wanted to know, can you think about a certain episode or guest or conversation that changed something about how you climb? Mm. Like, like a time that someone gave you some information or a perspective or something about, and, and since then you climb differently. Kind of like a practice what you preach, you know what I mean? You're always like putting out this information and it's like, hey, I use this information too. A guest or someone gave me these ideas that I didn't have previously and I can tell you, yeah, they do work. I use it now. Off the top of my head, I don't know if any guests have really changed my climbing necessarily, but they have changed my coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say the biggest impact of an episode on my coaching was Trevor Reagan's uh, growth mindset episode. Uh, he just had a really great way of, of delivering the information that he delivers. He's so good at it. You know, if, if you ever get the chance to see him speak, to attend one of his lectures or seminars or workshops, do it. Um, he's very good at what he does. And, and talking to him and hearing the way he kind of related that growth mindset uh, work that Carol Dweck and others had done really affected the way that I, that I coach. Mm -hmm. And closely related to the Trevor episode was the Lantian Chu episode. Um, And you know, in that episode, I talk a little bit about her being like my personal like ninja Buddha, you know, <laughs> she's like this, she's this endless bottomless well of great advice. Mm-hmm. And she's just got this demeanor that, that like makes me want to sit in front of her with my arms <laughs> folded in my lap and just listen, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and nobody does that to me, you know, (laughs) except for her and, and the conversation with her about the way she coached swimmers changes the way that I look at coaching people just, just kind of fundamentally, it brought me more toward the human side of coaching, Mm -hmm. less the programming exercises side of coaching. Yeah. I'm sure if I, you know, sat and thought about it a long time, I could come up with conversations with climbers who've changed the way I look at climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, a lot of those conversations never got recorded. You know, yeah, I've definitely had conversations with people that change the way I look at climbing or training um, from a physical standpoint. But most of those have been off mic, sadly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about something that's changed, maybe not even related to climbing, changed a mindset or a thought or like a long-held belief you had, like a conversation that happened on the podcast that changed the way mm. you see something, even if it's not particularly climbing, coaching, whatever. Oh, man, a bunch that's of like those. Lots of um, those, right? Yeah. Shelma, um, 
one of one of my kind of my fundamental questions in the episode with Shelma was why do we need these like specific spaces for women mm-hmm. you know I at the time couldn't quite wrap my head around and still you know there's still gray areas there for me um, couldn't quite wrap my head around if we're being exclusive in this way how is that a better way to become inclusive. Right. I don't I don't quite understand. I couldn't make the connection. Mm-hmm. And she so brilliantly explained that we, you know, women need to have those spaces um in order to talk amongst themselves, understand each other, understand themselves and not have it be this kind of um everything centered around these men, mm-hmm. you know, who have kind of shaped this industry to fit them really well. Yeah. You know, um, she helped me see some of that. Um, I mentioned Savannah Buick earlier who, you know, had a tragic accident in which she passed away and I got to sit down and have this conversation with her about eating disorders Mm -hmm. um, years ago. Mm -hmm. And she, she definitely changed the way I think about it. Um, I came into this podcast as a coach, as someone who is all about 100% about, tough love, tough, you know, I'm going to be confrontational. I'm going to force you to, Mm -hmm. to look at things in this perspective and talking to Shelma, talking to Savannah, talking to, um, listening to Mario and Donnell, Mm -hmm. you know, having these conversations that sort of are bigger than climbing have helped me get better. I'm still not good at by any means, um, have helped me get better at leaving, creating space rather than just pushing Mm -hmm. for the outcome I want. You've had all these conversations that have sort of evolved you and your perspective as a person, as a climber. Do you think that that's then turning itself back over and continuing to like evolve the podcast and the tone of the podcast and the conversations you're having. Sure. And, you know, and, and there are certainly people out there who think that's not for the better. Um, I would, I guarantee there are people like, Oh no, I'm not listening to that anymore. There's too much, you know, not enough hangboard, too much feeling, (laughs) you know, but for me, those are the more important things. And, and and I hope those people who think it's gone the wrong direction grow into people who realize those are the important things, you know. Or maybe it's all maybe they already understand it so much better than I do that they don't need to hear those conversations. Maybe. Um, but I kind of doubt that there's anyone who doesn't need to hear those conversations. I doubt it as well, but you know who knows. Um, but yeah, it's definitely changed the the tone of it and and I think for the better. Is that what you're most proud of? 
Um, on a like, on a scale of you know less uh, technical or less um, structural, yes. You know, there are things I'm proud of about the podcast that are more like that I've been consistent for all these years, you know, um, consistently putting out episodes and um, keeping it in person, you know, for most of the interviews, the, you know, 99% of the interviews that might actually be a real number um, <laughs> or have been in person and that you know, I'm proud of those things. But then in terms of like growth and more kind of abstract ideas, I'm definitely most proud of the fact that I've been able to get uncomfortable, have those conversations. And I get messages from people who say, you've, you forced me and all my guy friends to have, you know, all my other dude friends to have this conversation, you know, to talk about this feminism episode or, you know, I thought I understood the, you know, what it must be like to be a black climber until I listened to the Mario and Donnell episode and it blew my mind. You know, when I get those messages, even if it's one or two people, that's what I'm most proud of is that I'm, I'm allowing people to rethink their assumptions about the world. You, uh, do you think that this, um, in-person interview style that you've really been holding fast to has allowed you to communicate those messages more effectively? Is there, is there some reason that you, you like that style more than, Zoom or Skype or whatever. Every because, reason. Because it's, it would let you talk to so many more people, you know? Yeah. yeah. Your life would be a lot easier. Your job would be a lot It would bit be. Easier. It would be way easier. Um, but the conversations are extremely subpar when they're, when they're, and, and I've, I've set this par, you know? I, I've, having a hundred conversation, a hundred in-person conversations or whatever have made me expect a certain level of intimacy of um of reading body language of you know just watching the facial expressions and in knowing what the person is thinking or trying to process and it's so different if you're on skype or zoom or whatever you know, Nate and I have been doing our board meetings remotely lately for, you know, obvious pandemic yeah. reasons. <laughs> um, and that works because Nate and I have had so many conversations in person that I know his like cadence when he's speaking and, and I can mostly tell when he's finished a thought. Um, but I can't do that with people I don't know. And, it's so much easier to do that sitting in person with someone and being able to watch them and get to know them versus, oh, let's do this cold, sterile thing over Skype, you know? And some of those conversations can turn out great, but 
But I would say by and large, they don't. <clears throat> and, and even when I'm listening to podcasts, like if there's a guest I really want to hear someone talk to and they pop up on a podcast, it's, I almost always turn it off if it's over Skype or over Zoom or something like that because A, I can't handle the audio quality. It drives me insane. B, the conversation ends up really disjointed and their people end up talking over each other and, you know, there are weird pauses and it just takes you out of the moment. Those in-person conversations where people can hear the birds in the background, you know, uh, we're sitting outside talking and there's birds. People feel like they're sitting there listening to that conversation. You know, it's, it's more of a, like, I'm in the room listening feel than a Skype conversation where one person clearly has horrible audio. One person is better. There's weird silences and people talking over each other. It just doesn't, it doesn't transport you anywhere. So you've traveled a lot then to record these in-person conversations. Yeah. It started as like, I was traveling already for climbing to MC things, uh, to do workshops with Nate. Um, so we were traveling a fair amount. And I, at the time I was like, while I'm traveling, I'm going to try to have these conversations, you know? Um, and we're just going to make it happen wherever we can. But then because of the support of the patrons, it eventually became, Oh, I can buy a plane ticket and fly to this place just to talk to this person. You know, and then I'll fly from there to another place just to talk to a person. And it certainly doesn't help the bottom line of the podcast. It's not like, you know, the podcast doesn't make us money, you know, at least on the surface level. But it does, it is a great marketing, you know, product. It is great content for people. It does let people know we're out there. Um, so I'm not worried about the bottom line of the whole thing and instead being able to justify flying around the country just to have an hour long conversation with somebody. It, it makes me, I mean, sometimes it's, I feel like a fucking superstar. Like <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to get off this plane with my, my podcasting stuff. I'm going to go do a podcast and then I'm going to go right back to the airport, you know? It feels kind of fucking cool. <laughs> Are you looking forward to going back to that a little bit? Come, a little bit. Come the close of these pandemic times? A little bit, yeah. I've got a list of people I really want to talk to that I've I've already reached out to. And, you know, once I'm vaccinated and feel more comfortable traveling and, you know, being a potential carrier of this virus to other places, then, then I'll go do that, you know? And, and I do miss connecting with people that I probably never would have connected with had it not been for the podcast. You know, I meet so many people that I didn't even know their names two hours before we had this conversation. And that's, that's kind of amazing to get to have that opportunity. You know, there's not this, there doesn't have to be this dance of like, 
oh, we've seen each other five times with our mutual friends and we've said 10 words to each other. So now let's talk about some, you know, something we both have in common for a few minutes. You know, there doesn't have to be that dance. It, it gets to be a more in-depth conversation that, that surprises me by creating relationships that, that I have forever. You know, I've made good friends from doing the podcast. That's pretty cool. It's very cool. So, so I am looking forward to that aspect of it. I won't travel at the same rate that I used to because we're not going to be doing tons of workshops and emceeing festivals and emceeing um, comps and things like that. But I might do more specific traveling just for the podcast. Yeah, you've become a little bit of a house cat. I kind of always was. Yeah, now you just had you just had an excuse to make it like the the norm. It wasn't now you didn't have to argue with why you didn't leave the house. Yeah, exactly. It was like <laughs> and you were just being safe. I don't have to force myself to go do these events and things like that. Instead, I can just sit here because that's what everybody else is doing too. Mm-hmm. You know. True. I want to ask more podcast specific questions but in a little bit like shorter form and run through got, a few of them we've got some quick questions lightning round lightning round short answer shorter answer are we ready for that are you ready for that chris sure okay this okay. is you guys are driving this train here well you know it's we're not sure where it's headed <laughs> well, I've never I've never been sure where the train is headed. It's been <laughs> off the tracks for a couple of years just going where it wants. So That's okay. That it works. It works. Dream guest climbing and non-climbing. Don't um, think too hard. <clears throat> climbing related dream guest Fred Nicole. Um That would be the number 1. Non-climbing dream guest, Rodney Mullen. Um, maybe Tony Hawk. Um, I think skateboarding is so closely related to climbing. And, um, and those two skaters have a really fantastic way of explaining their process. Um, and wildly different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Rodney Mullen is an alien and he's brilliant. It's, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. He's a mad scientist. Whereas Tony is much more kind of uh, nuts and bolts. It's pretty relatable. And yeah. And easier <laughs> to understand. So I would love to talk to both of them. Um, At the same time. Oh, have you ever heard them talk together? Uh, only I just watched the bones brigade documentary yeah. last week. It's amazing. They, they have like such clear admiration for each other and mutual respect. Um, but they're so different Yeah, and they're both kind of in awe of the other. Yeah, I would love to talk to them together. That'd be amazing. Uh, what guests have you interviewed that are the most similar and consequently also dissimilar to yourself? Oh, to me. To you, the host of the Power Company <sighs> Climbing Radio Show. <laughs> Slash audio blog. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. 
That's a good question. Most similar to me. We stumped him. <laughs> well, there's a lot to sift through. Um, well, uh, is this similar to you? Easier to answer first. We'll forgive you if you change your mind later, and with you know the power yeah. of hindsight. And we're talking climbing guests here. No, I'm no, talking anybody. Uh, of the 199 episodes. The, obviously, yeah. you could choose Nate to be the most similar to you, and that would be a little bit of a cop out. So but you don't. I don't, I don't know that table. he is actually. Um, I mean, we we share a lot of ideas, but we we have discussions and talk through those ideas and end up in similar places. You're certainly dissimilar um, in terms of hairstyles. <laughs> Just yeah. throwing that out there. Especially could right not, now. Could, could not be less similar. <laughs> yeah, apparently all the all the barbers in Texas are closed still. Yeah. <laughs> Nate, we love you. Um, guest most similar. Wow, this is a tough question. I would say... What what just jumps jumps into my head? I would say maybe um, in terms of my like thought process, I would say Will Anglin and Roland Chin are really similar. You know, they've they've been on together twice. Mm -hmm. um, we we tend to think in very similar terms, um, so I'm gonna put them in the similar category and. Dissimilar. Um, my kind of my gut is saying Steve Mache, but that's because we've already talked about him. Um, we're similar in a lot of ways. It's too late to change your answer now. This too isn't late. very lightninging of you. <laughs> too this is like late. a slow rumbling thunderstorm. That's true. Well, you asked a really fucking hard question here. Actually, my wife's down there yeah. chiming in. Annalise like, is making suggestions. Like she always does. And, and she just made a good suggestion. Yeah. Arno Ilgner is, he thinks in a way that I don't. And, and I've learned a lot from Arno. Mm -hmm. um, and I've actually learned that there's some things to value that I hadn't fully valued before only because I didn't have to deal with them. Yeah. Um, which is another great coaching sure. lesson. Sure. So, sure. That so makes sense. Those are my current answers. Okay. Biggest disagreement. Yeah. Have you ever had a disagreement with somebody during an interview or did you ever think someone was going to walk out or like call it off and say like, forget it? Uh, did it piss anybody gonna... off that bad? No. <laughs> and that's an interesting question because it's, I've had people say, you know, I wish you would disagree with your guests more, but that's not what the podcast is about. It's about getting other perspectives out there. If I'm only pushing yeah. my perspective, then why have guests at all? You know, I could yeah. just talk. Um, I don't think there have been any major disagreements. There have been, there's been some pushback now and then, which I enjoy, you know, and frankly, I love, I fucking love arguing. You know, it's one of my favorite. <laughs> well, I do know. Favorite pastimes. I'm actually very well aware, perhaps, better than anyone except for maybe Annalisa. <laughs> no, I think I argue with. 
No, I Annalise argue just said we argue more. more. Yeah, okay, for sure. Then yes, I can can confirm <laughs> without a doubt. Chris loves to argue. Yeah, but then again, so do I. So that's why we. Yeah, you and I are like siblings in that respect. You we, know, we fight, but it's usually productive. Yeah. I said though? usually. I said usually. I didn't say always. I said usually. And they start to argue. Is it I really said productive? Um, Often I, I love arguing, but that's not productive. that's not what the podcast is for. Right. You know, I'm there to hear other perspectives. Otherwise, I would be on every episode people. of the podcast, and you wouldn't interview anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so no I one would listen. I can't think of any like big disagreements on the podcast. Really. What's okay. the furthest you've traveled to record an episode? Uh, Australia, for sure. I mean, it wasn't specifically to record, but even while I was in Australia, I flew across Australia and recorded a, a podcast. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I flew from Sydney, or no, from Melbourne. Did we fly from Sydney or Melbourne? Uh, I think we flew from <laughs> Melbourne to Perth which is kind of opposite coasts of Australia. And um, I went there to do some workshops with my friend Ashley, who runs a, uh, a program over there in a gym. And then I sat down with Anna Davey while I was there and recorded an episode with her. Um, and she's a you know super interesting, fantastic person over there. So um, that is for sure the furthest. What about the weirdest place that you've ever recorded an episode? There have been some weird ones. Um, <laughs> I recorded with Acacia Young literally in a closet in the Salt Palace uh, during OR. We just like ducked into a closet and recorded because you can't sit down at OR without getting, you know, 10 people coming over and saying hello. So... We ducked into there. Um, I recorded in an alley behind a gym with uh, Taylor Reed and Bella Jerriel that was like all sorts of like random garbage and stuff in this alley. And we just pulled a table and chairs out there and recorded there. Lots of episodes outside, um, sitting in random places. One of my favorite episodes with brown girls climb was sitting in a park you know during, um, the during the climbers festival so i kind of duck in duck wherever i can to record these conversations earlier you mentioned uh not having always known your guest's name with much prior to your your conversation with them what's the most last minute conversation that you've had and how did that transpire uh troy photo 100 percent um it i had never heard his name i had no idea who he was um it was during our empowered seminar in chattanooga that uh i first saw him he was at our empowered dinner um with i think he was there with sarah kramer and crew um and I didn't know who he was, but, you know, anybody could bring anybody, so it was fine. Because we had a pizza party. Yeah. And I didn't know who he was. But then the next day, I was talking to my friend Jay, who was there at the seminar. And 
he he told me about this kid Troy, and he was like, "Oh, he was at the dinner last night. You might have seen him. You know, I think he would be a fantastic interview. Go watch this video." And he sent me to the video of of Troy doing the mandala, and it blew my mind how hard this kid tries, even when everything is falling apart. Everything. Everything. (laughs) (laughs) There was nothing going right except for he was still on the wall somehow. (laughs) And just kept believing, kept trying hard. And and I didn't it I didn't understand it. So I'm like, I, I think I put it out on Instagram. Like, how can I get a hold of this kid? You know? I know he's in Chattanooga. I don't remember if it was Instagram or if I just messaged a bunch of people. And ultimately got his number or he texted me and we, I had a, I had a one hour window. When Jay sent you schedule. that video, he didn't say like, this is the person you were talking to or that was at the dinner last night or you didn't make that connection. No, I knew that video was him, uh-huh. but I had actually seen a video of Troy a year, a couple years earlier, which was this kind of meme video that went around the internet of Troy thinking he was going to die on this V3 or V4 or something and freaking out. And I had seen that video and laughed at that video multiple (laughs) times, but had no idea it was Troy. Wow. Okay. And I had a one hour window and we made it happen. Like I I met them at the rental house and we had like a 45 minute conversation during the conversation. I learned he's the kid in this other video (laughs) and, and it was just fantastic. You know, I, I love those moments of walking into this house where there's, there's this crew of climber dudes and, you know, let's sit down and have this conversation. And they had no idea who I was. They're just like, sure, let's talk. You know, they had never listened to the podcast. Um, Troy thought I was there to interview him about this other weird video, (laughs) you know? So just came together, but it turned out to be one of our most popular videos of last year. In a similar vein of like, sometimes you're not always as prepared as you wish. Or podcast, video, you know what I mean. Audio blog, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Radio show. Epi- radio show episode. Um, so like we were saying, sometimes you're not as prepared as you want to be, like in that situation per se. But so in an instance like that, or maybe even in instances that you were prepared, is there a question or a topic or something that you can think back and you're like, I missed an opportunity. I should have asked this. I should have said this. I can't believe I had a conversation with so-and-so and I didn't say this. Does anything like that stand out in your mind particularly? Something you wish you would have asked? Actually, no. Um, I think I've structured the podcast in a way that I leave room to have another conversation with all of these people. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm confident that that can happen um i wish i would have tried to get more interviews while i was in australia mm-hmm. um i wish i had talked to more people while i was there you just have to go back um yeah and and likely will um but but no i actually don't go in very prepared most of the time yeah i i want and that's on purpose i want to be a curious listener and Mm -hmm. observer and learner rather than being this person who 
knows everything about the guest right. and you know and it's too forcefully and it's leads too the conversation scripted and that kind of thing yeah. yeah yeah most nervous you've ever been going into a conversation you can't say shelma yeah i was gonna say you already talked no, about shelma give us another no it wouldn't be shelma um maybe hazel finley oh why i don't know i just <laughs> okay I, intimidated? I actually talked to Tommy Caldwell the day before and was just like, man, whatever. You were chill. Um, but something about Hazel's presence, I was unsure about. Not not in a bad way at all. I just, I couldn't like put my finger on her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Like you didn't know where it was going to go, kind of? No, I I can't explain it. Uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fanboy. That's that's really all <laughs> yeah, it is. Did you get a little starstruck? Is that I'm what a, it is? I'm a Hazel Finley fanboy. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's probably the most nervous. Um, I would say the Dan John interview. I would have been more nervous for. That's the one I was expecting. Except for he's just so normal. <laughs> he's just like total normal dude. You know, so wasn't super nervous about that one at hmm. all for whatever reason. Hmm. Um, I might be nervous going into the Fred Nicole interview someday. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> that I hope fair. that happens. That seems reasonable. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to, this, this has to be quick. These should be like. Answers not, off the cuff. You don't have to explain your response. I'm not good at that, Lana, well, but I'll try. Just try. Okay. You're going to recommend only one podcast episode. Someone's coming to you and they are only going to listen to one. So you have to pick one. Okay. Are you going to tell me what this person is like? Yeah. I'm going to give okay. you so, several different people. And so you have to tell me. Okay. Okay. First one is someone totally new to climbing, brand new, fresh, just getting into climbing. But they're psyched. But they're psyched. Midwest Overstoker. <laughs> Psyched. What Midwest is the episode? Overstoker psyched. <laughs> What's the one episode there that you're sending them to? Uh, partnership with Scott Pagel and Tyler Algio. Excellent. Okay, next. Super long time climber. Maybe even like a little jaded, a little crusty. Yourself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Myself. Absolutely. Uh, Troy Photo. Okay. Um, <laughs> either Zach's mom or my mom. Someone's mom. Lanty and Chew. Okay. Um, someone whose entire idea of climbing, their only knowledge of climbing, is based on that one time they saw that free solo movie <laughs> with the guy with no rope. Oh, for God's sake. What episode do you send them to? <laughs> what episode do you send them to? Uh, tell me the person again. The person whose their entire idea of climbing is only based on the fact that they've seen free solo one time. Um, Tommy Caldwell. Oh, that's a because good it's equally impressive, but with a rope. That's a good answer. Maybe more impressive, actually. That's a good answer. Those are good quick ones, too. Um, if you could spend a day climbing with any one of your guests, who would it be? Wow. That's hard. And I mean, you have climbed with many of you. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So maybe someone, someone it, can be someone you, it can be someone you have climbed with, I guess, if there's like someone that you've climbed with that you like just really enjoy climbing with, but maybe someone you haven't climbed with before that you wish you could. Um, 
if it's someone I haven't climbed with at all, it would be fun to climb with Hazel for sure. Um, and then if it's, I would love to climb with, and actually just sent them a message not long ago with both Devin and Mario together. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, I'm trying to be lightning here. That's guessed, my that's my slow version of lightning. No, Sloth you're doing lightning. good. Um, <laughs> guest you'd most want to coach, if you were going to coach one of your guests, and they that the, they approach you and said, "I need a coach right now." Can I count you as a guest now? Well, <laughs> yeah, but you already know what it's like to coach me. I don't. I'm not a very good client. <laughs> um, guest, I would most like to coach. Uh, I really don't know. I don't know. No idea. Okay. Or be coached by. Ooh, be coached by. I think it would be fascinating to be coached by someone like Dan John, who doesn't know much about climbing. I think I would enjoy that a lot. More than the... um. Forgive me, but her name is escaping me. The lady who was the swimming coach in town. Lantian. Um, yeah. I would have to put those in equal places. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I, I get, she's already like so much, I consider her so much of an advisor already. Yeah. She's your life coach. Yeah. That I, I feel like coach. she's all, she already fills <laughs> that role. Whereas Dan John is a complete unknown in that, mm-hmm. in that role. Sure. Um, I've got one. Go for it. Okay. You've uh, recorded lots of conversations and then had to listen to them as you put them out there. What speech patterns of your own have you noticed that you use a lot that you didn't really know beforehand? I talk way slower. Than you thought you did? Than I thought I did because most of my time on a microphone had been rapping right. or, or emceeing where I'm like trying to hype people up. So my conversational voice, and I'm doing it right now, is, <laughs> is so much slower than I ever expected. But if any of you are listening to this on 1.5 or 2 times speed, I will release it at 0.5 speed. So then you only get to hear it in real time. Whoa. <laughs> oh my gosh. So take that. What what about like turns of phrases or anything? Yeah, do you find yourself saying something over and over? When we did the Boulder Builder course, I found myself saying certainly all the time. That's your word? I had no idea. But now you know. Yeah, now I won't use it. In regular speech, you're like catching yourself and like not wanting to use it? Yeah, I don't want to use it. impacted the way you talk? Certainly. It's like if you say like all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It just tickles the nerve. Or I feel like. I think that's a big one that people overuse. I feel like. I feel. I feel. I kind of feel like. I feel... Yeah, I I definitely have gone through phases and I recognize I'm doing it most of the time. Um, but I know I also know that they're like they're important vehicles to allow me into another thought. And if I mm-hmm. if I put too much of my thought toward not using that vehicle, then I end up off track. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. realized that as a rapper um, that especially in ciphers or when freestyling pretty much all rappers kind of have go-to phrases 
that they use in order to get them somewhere else. And, and I had several of those, every rapper I've ever listened to freestyle, you know, minus a couple have those phrases. So, so I do know they're important, you know, so I don't, I, I don't look at them in a negative way. So I really haven't, I really couldn't say. A short list of uh, other radio shows (laughs) slash audio blogs slash (laughs) podcasts that have uh, influenced you as you have made the Power Company Climbing Radio Show. Oh, man, so (laughs) many. Um, Right now, it's Work Life by Adam Grant. Um, Definitely listening to, like, Terry Gross interviews and the way she's able to be a really curious listener. Um, I like the, there, there are moments in 99% invisible that sometimes happen at the end of episodes where Roman Mars is talking to the people that helped make the episode. Mm -hmm. And they're like, it's kind of like bonus material almost like the blooper reels. No, they're they're not like blooper reels. They're more just like, okay, we're going off the super edited script and we're just going to talk. And those moments where Roma Mars is like surprised and you can tell that he didn't really know these things and he's laughing and he's like, I can't believe this Mm -hmm. is, you know, those I feel like are these really human moments that get missed in really edited podcasts. Um, so I've tried to leave room for those by not being mm-hmm. super over prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big influence. Can you think of any of those moments for you in those kind of like <clears throat> surprise or funny or yeah, there've been unexpected. There've been several. One, um, was in an, in a conversation with Dan Mursky talking about, um, a route that he did one of the variations of golden uh, i'm i'm blanking on what the solid gold or something he like did that. the harder version yeah he did the harder version yeah and he hadn't done the easier version yeah when he decided to start working on the harder version yeah he needed a mindset shift <clears throat> or shift in his mindset yeah and i didn't know that going in and it surprised me and i was like whoa let's let's fucking talk about that mm-hmm. like i can't imagine oh, i'm going to try this harder variation before that is you know a mega project a thing that is harder than what i've done before Mm -hmm. after i've been working on the easier version and couldn't do it you know that it would never occur to me to try that yeah so anytime there's room for you know being surprised like that and trying to follow it i try to follow it without uh being forced to throw someone or some show under the bus. Is there something that you've listened to and you're like, I do not want it to be like that. <laughs> um, Oh, like podcasts. Yeah. Out, radio yeah. show, audio blogs, <clears throat> interview styles, whatever oh, yeah. it may be. Oh yeah. Any, any podcast that has like super disparate audio quality between the two guests <laughs> where you have to turn it up and down. Fuck that. No way. Not going to happen. We've, I've screwed up audio before, you know, just recently Nate and I put out a board meeting with Nate's mic turned backwards and I didn't realize <laughs> it until I was editing and was like, why is it so hollow and boomy? I can't understand it, but what we talked about is so cool. I have to put it out. 
And then when watching the video, I was like, oh, his mic is backwards. Um, <laughs> so, so I have put out bad audio, but then there are definitely podcasts where the person doing the interview just doesn't really care. They're just going through the fucking motions and yeah. they've got a list of questions and they just ask those questions no matter what. They have this agenda and and there's no follow up on what the guest just said. You know, they might have just laid this jewel out there for you and the person's just like, mm, I don't care about your jewel. Let's here's my next question, you know. Sure. And I hate that. And following the script. Yeah. And I'm sure there are times where I've missed those jewels um and not not followed up on them, but I I try to listen well enough to do that. Are you afraid of that happening to you? 200 episodes in, it seems like it would be uh, a bit challenging to continue to be engaged at that level, to be motivated and excited by it. If I'm not motivated and excited to talk to somebody, I probably just won't. Yep. Um, I would sooner quit this thing entirely than, you know, have interviews Right. have conversations with people I'm forced to have conversations with, you know, but uh, when I emceed the world cup, uh, in veil, I was media there. So, so I automatically got put on this ridiculous ass list, this email list that sends out like podcast requests and, and I guess because I'm a podcast, I've gotten, you know, people just send us these emails yeah. and they're always like, hello, Chris and Nathan. <laughs> um, you know, we've got this person who wants to be on your podcast and, you know, it's just some random shit, some person I've never heard of. And I'm like, do people really do this? Do they actually ha go and have these conversations with people they knew nothing about who aren't related to what they're talking about who are just on a press run that doesn't sound interesting to me you know i need a i need a hook and like jay schultes gave me the the hook for troy photo mm -hmm. you know he's like watch this video then you're gonna want to talk to this kid and um it, in canada i was there for um for a seminar i went to the canadian nationals my friend reagan was there coaching and Reagan knew Eve Gravel and said, you should, you should talk to him. You know, here's why whenever world cup athletes come to Canada, they want to meet Eve. Like that's, you know, he's kind of the unicorn for all of them. And, and I went and watched some of his videos and I was like, Whoa, this dude is super interesting and got in touch with him and went there that night and had a conversation with him. You know, um, I need the hook. So if there's no hook, I just won't have it. What's the future for the Power Company Climbing Radio Show? Uh, the Power Company Climbing Radio <laughs> Show. Um, yeah, what's going to take us to 300 episodes? I'm certainly going to be having more of these conversations. Nate and I will keep doing the board meetings for sure. Um, I've tried some more like edited style formats in the past with the the Devil's Advocate episode, which which was one of our most popular episodes for a long time, partly because Ben Moon was on it, and I got Ben Moon to say We Scream Like Eagles, which <laughs> was 
blew my mind and blew Nate's mind. I didn't tell him until he listened back to the episode and he texted me like, you got Ben Moon to say we don't tweet. We scream like eagles. Um, I've tried those kind of episodes, the Not So Average Joe, Not So Average Jane episodes. Um, and the it's so much work to create those that I that I just didn't continue. Um, but I do want to play around with some more of those. And Zach, you and I have talked about, um, you know, maybe doing something along that realm. So, so it'll continue the way it is, and and I'm hoping to kind of grow the the uh, to a different format that we can explore. What did you think about um, the YouTube format? You your most recent board meetings, if I'm not mistaken, <clears throat> that's the first time you guys put one out on. On the YouTube yeah, platform. Yeah, I, I dig it, actually. Um, I, I bought webcam, better webcams, you know, kind of high-definition webcams for Nate and I both. Oh, interesting. Um, so that we can have lights? better quality. The beauty lights? I have a beauty light. You Nate's, need to buy one for Nate? Nate's just beautiful already. Nate needs need a one. fan, so it's see, his hair, so his hair can blow. Blowing in the wind. Yeah, I'll, I'll, get him a, I'll get him a little clip-on fan so his hair can blow the whole time. Perfect. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep doing those for the board meetings. Um, it, I like it, so... I also like it for what it's, you know, whatever it's worth. I think it's kind of, it gives people like me a chance to also read body language and things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like one more added dimension to the communication, to receiving the information. Yeah. You know, I hadn't told you this, I don't think, um, but you and I, when we were doing the Boulder Builder course and we did all of the listener questions um, on home walls and spray walls mm -hmm. and we recorded those and put them on YouTube as well. Um, my friend Yasmin had, had listened to it and had commented that you kind of had a similar style to Nate, uh, in that we, you know, we worked well together. Um, and I was like, you should go watch one of the YouTube videos because there are definitely moments where, I say something and Zach thinks I just said the most ridiculous shit in the world. <laughs> and you could, his faces his face. he makes when I do that are hilarious. I know the face. Even if I don't look at Zach, yeah. I know what the face is that you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And she loved it. She thought it was great. I do so. kind of have facial expressions, unfortunately. <laughs> you emote, Zach. You're an emoter, same as me. The, the mask thing helped a lot at work for the last couple months, actually. Because <laughs> you can make whatever face you want. No, because you could just hide your face yeah. a little bit more when someone no says something. So We've talked about... Um, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here, Lana, so that it gets forced. I know. Whoa. Well, it's not been a non, it's not a matter of not being motivated. It's a matter of not having had time. The cat is coming time. out of yeah. the bag. This, this is bonus material for anyone who's made it an hour and a half into this thing. <laughs> Whoa. Um, Has it been that long? We've been sitting here that long? Maybe. These things go fast. Possible. I'm telling you. Um, Lana came up with the idea, maybe based off of her uh, Instagram story fame. <laughs> Or just my desire to talk a lot all the time. <laughs> that she wants to do a board meeting spinoff with only women called Broad Meetings. And I think it's Gotta brilliant. Get the, 
that it's a whole nother perspective. I think it's brilliant. So once people are traveling, coming to Lander again, we're going to try yeah. to set up some of those and, so late, and I don't know if it'll be a power out. company podcast episodes or if there'll be a total spinoff on the yeah. power company podcast network. Um, with broad meetings, I don't know, but yeah, we'll see. More content for the gals. It's coming. It's coming. We got female forged happening. We're, we're, you know, bringing a little more female energy to the power company climbing team. Yeah, I like working it. Working on it. Working on it. Um, before we wrap up, I have one more thing. Oh God! Whoa. You have to tell us. It's a nice end cap, beginning and end cap. Tell us about the story. How, where's the music from? The beginning of every episode, and. <clears throat> why we have a red-tailed hawk screaming at the end (laughs) (laughs) of every episode. Uh, The music actually was put together by my friend John Doe, who is of the 1200 Hobos Turntablist Collective. Um, His name is John Doe? That's his stage name. Okay, cool. Um, Famous Turntablist Collective... And I went to him and said, hey, I need some podcast music. Here's what my podcast is about. Here's the name of it. And we sat in his basement. There's actually a video on my YouTube or on my uh, Instagram way back uh, near the beginning of my Instagram of John Doe creating the theme music for the Power Company podcast. It's, um, it's a bunch of samples of different things. Uh, the main... Loop is a Mike Geronimo song. The power that you hear is uh, Ice-T from his album Power. And It's Time to Build is Rakim, I think. Wow, I just totally blanked on where that sample is from. Uh, Anyway... Hmm. Uh, so created by John Doe and the Eagle thing, Eagle Hawk thing came from <laughs> the bird noise. Yeah. It's people. I get messages all the time from people, which. Yeah. You can clarify it right now is the time to set the record straight. You're oh, well aware. I've set the record yeah, straight a hundred times. You're going to have to do it a hundred more times uh, too. I'm sure. I'm well aware that it's a red tailed hawk in my <laughs> computer. It is labeled Hawk screech. Um, <laughs> And the way it came about was I was just signing off on an episode. I was in our little house in Cincinnati. My daughter was sitting in the same room and I just happened to say, you know, I was talking about social media and I Mm -hmm. said, we don't tweet, we scream like eagles. And I sat there for a second basking in my brilliance (laughs) and, and Caitlin was like, what was that? <laughs> and I and I immediately knew that because this teenager it thought bald. it was ridiculous, that it would live on forever. Because <laughs> you um, could not miss an opportunity for that. Absolutely. So so that's where it comes from. Excellent. Yeah, eagles eagles sound ridiculous. Um, which is fine. You know, I you don't know how that that hawk identifies maybe it identifies as an eagle you really have no idea maybe um so you can't tell that hawk what it is that's true i guess that's that's the way i see it (laughs) and uh if if that's all you guys got i mean i'm sure we could go on all day but well and we will it just won't be on mic 
Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you and I have some arguments to have here soon. Yeah, that's true. Um, Product packaging arguments. Yeah, and I have to go get vaccinated here soon. Ooh. Shot number one. There you go. So nice. I start traveling again soon. And I can, my, my first stops are I've got several people to talk to in Salt Lake. Uh, Allison Best and I have talked a little bit about recording. I want to talk to the folks at Gnarly some more about the things that they do. Um, uh, Canada's most famous comp MC is coming to uh, do nationals. Mm. I think it's nationals in Salt Lake. Um, so I'm going to go meet him and talk to him. Uh, he's a friend of mine. Uh, and I really want to get to to Florida and talk to Abby Dion from Coral Cliffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about that a little bit. And I want to get to Memphis Rocks. That's somewhere I've wanted to get for a couple of years now and just never made happen. So I want to get out there and uh, talk to some of those folks. So that's where I'm headed as soon as I can travel. Big things. Uh, yeah, big things. Uh, in the meantime, you all know where to find us, powercompanyclimbing.com. If you would like to become a patron and support the podcast and support me traveling all over the place to have these conversations, I need to go back to Australia, so, you know, help a brother out. <laughs> um, you can do that at patreon.com slash podcast. You can also find that link and all the others right there in your podcast show notes. And you can find us on the Instagrams, the YouTubes. I never said the YouTubes before. That's got to be thrown into my spiel here. Yeah. Um, the Facebooks and the Pinterests, which Lana was supposed to handle and never I did, which can't. we need to talk about. I, I, I can't Pinterest. <laughs> I can't. I'm off the Pinterest, and I and you know I can't YouTube either. You know how I feel about YouTube. I'll handle the YouTube. We're in all those places at Power Company Climbing, and uh, wait, one more thing. What? You said I can Oprah. You said I get to give shit away. Remember we talked about this the other day. All right, what are we what are we giving away? Um. See, people, this is what happens here. I don't know yet, but I'm gonna give something away. Some mystery things. I'm gonna give away some good stuff. Grab um, bags. When this episode goes out, there's going to be a post. Yes. On the Instagram. On the Instagram. At Power Company. And there will be instructions on what you need to respond to that post. And I'm going to, we're going to choose out of the comments some winners. Let's just have them say their favorite lesson learned or favorite moment of an episode. Of an episode. On the Instagram post. At then Power I'm, Company Climbing. Then I'll send you something. Maybe. On the Instagrams. Lana will be very judgy and choose her favorites. Yep. Um, so if, if you're Lana's friend, you're more likely to win because that's how Lana operates. Well, no, because I'll try to like say that that's not fair. And so I might overcompensate in the other direction and pick someone that's not someone I know because I'll feel like I'm being unfair if I do pick someone I know. That's true. It's a complex process. Yeah, it I'll is. I'll think it over. I'll, I'll but get I'll to send a, them something. I'll watch it, and I will pay her for many hours while she deliberates. That's uh, and then we'll send you free shit. Yeah. We don't know what yet, but you'll because get free shit. I like giving things away. Yeah, so go do that on the Instagrams. And uh, you can tell all of your friends on the Twitters to go and do that on the Instagrams, but we will not see you on the Twitters because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles. <laughs>